Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Uh, always a good time to catch up with a pro football Hall of Famer. And Dave Wilcox, uh, Oregon fans will remember him from his time at Oregon. They may remember his brother, Johnny Wilcox. Of course, they remember his sons, Josh and Justin. The Wilcox family and the University of Oregon have uh, have uh, had a long, deep relationship. Dave is joining us now. Thanks for making time, Dave. I appreciate you. Oh, it's great to do this. Uh, we actually we're on vacation down in Arizona, and um, looking forward to get back to Junction City. I know that. <laughs> there you go. Let me ask you. You know, I mentioned Johnny, your older brother, going to Oregon. Yeah. I, I know he played in the Rose Bowl in '57. <laughs> you know, everybody always talks about you and, and your sons at Oregon. But you know, if Johnny if Johnny doesn't go to Oregon, does Dave Wilcox go to Oregon, or how did that work? Well, I tell you what, John's uh, deal was he. Graduated from high school, went to Oregon for one term, decided that wasn't what he wanted to do, and uh, Boise Junior College had re- recruited him. So he went back to he went to Boise JC for uh, was it a, a year and a half or something, and then transferred back to University of Oregon. And um, oh, he loved it, uh, you know. And we had a, a, a guy named Lynn Casanova as our coach, and I mean, what a you couldn't ask for a better man. The 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 joy of kids compete and follow in your footsteps. You get Justin, you get Josh. What was that like for you and your family? Oh, actually, I thought it was fun because I used to listen to them bitch and moan and complain. <laughs> and and I told them I'd already been there. So you know, if you got a problem, don't don't come to me. <laughs> Anyhow, no, that was wonderful, and we were lucky to be able to uh, to have that happen. Um, I, I know that Josh and Justin both, you know, uh, had opportunities other places, and it just worked out best for them. You're doing some work with the Gridiron Greats Assistance Fund, uh, teaming up uh, for, for Pork Rind Appreciation Day. Always goes well with the Super Bowl. What, why is the Gridiron Greats organization important to you? Well, there's a lot of guys that played, uh, well, actually when I did and since then and all that, have some problems that uh, are not being taken care of uh, the way we we would like. Uh, of course, that's probably true of everybody. But uh, anyhow, it's a fundraising thing. And I'll tell you what, uh, Mike Ditka is the one that kind of got this thing going. And, you know, Mike uh, is a wonderful man. Uh, the many, many things that he has put together and, and is involved in is helping uh, the older players, uh, guys that uh, played uh, years ago. And it's just uh, it makes you feel good to to help somebody that has uh, had some problems. Yeah, and I think, you know, people think of the money that's in football today, 
It wasn't always that way. And, and in your era, you know, you were a guy who played every game. I think you only missed one game in your career due to injury. How did you stay healthy, by the way? Uh, actually, I uh, was a defensive back, or a linebacker, and I, had a, I played next to Tommy Hart, who was our defensive end, and a guy named Charlie Kruger is a defensive tackle. And uh, I told them on all run plays, they were to knock everybody down and uh, just not, not let them hit myself. Or uh, there was a guy named Jimmy Johnson who was a yep. defensive back on my side. And Jimmy took care of the passes, so I was just kind of out there hoping uh, to do something once in a while. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, you did something. You made the Hall of Fame and, and a, whole oh. bunch, a whole bunch of Pro Bowls. Seven times in the Pro Bowl, uh, Dave Wilcox is with us. Did you, like, as you're playing, did you think Hall of Fame at any point, or is that something you think about long after you retired? Oh, I, I know. We we played in a Hall of Fame game, one, you know, when I was my first or second year exhibition game, and you go through that whole thing, and you look at that and say, oh, my God, wouldn't that be something if I got here? Uh, and, uh, you know, as a, as a player, I don't think you never really think about it. Uh, in today's world, I know they talk a little more about things like that, but back in my day, we, we were just busy to hopefully play the game and uh, don't get run over and stomped on too much. You were an Eastern Oregon kid, Vail High School, 1960, class of 60. And, you know, I've talked to uh, Eastern Oregon kids kind of about growing up on ranches or growing up rural. How did that help you? How did that help you as a football player? Well, let's see. When uh, we... When I went to grade school, uh, was uh, only two miles. We lived uh, ten miles out of Vale, and on the farm. And a grade school, we rode the bus, and it was uh, I think it was eight grades with two uh, classes uh, in each room. And then once you got through the eighth grade, you went to Vale High School, and that was kind of like uh, you know moving to big time. <laughs> And, uh, of course, uh, Vail had always been good in football, and we kind of grew up that. I had older brothers that played that. And my just John, my older brother, played with Eagles and with Oregon. I played at Boise Junior College. But, you know, and uh, we, uh, I, for some reason, our, our football program, I think we lost two games in my four years in high school. Uh, and we won the state championship two or three times and whatever else. But it was just uh, the way it was, and uh, the, the support you got from the community was just unreal. Uh, and I think it was because uh, after football practice, you'd have to hurry home to milk the cows and suck the hay. <laughs> so, it was a little different than uh, growing up in uh, Boise or uh, – even Ontario, Oregon, for Granny's sake. Dave Wilcox is our guest, uh, two-way player at Oregon. You had Mel Renfro on that team. And, you know, did you, were you did you look around and go, hey, we're pretty good. We might have two Hall of Famers here. And, and Bob Lilly was an Eastern Oregon kid for a while as well. And and I, I, look, I think about that region, the state of Oregon, and that time, it was phenomenal. Well, uh, 
I know that uh, Mel Renfro went to Jefferson High School in Portland, <clears throat> him and a guy named Terry Baker who won the Heisman. And uh, anyhow, um, and then uh, Jefferson, I forget the exact records, but Jefferson High School had won like uh, three or four years in a row without losing a game, and we were the next class behind uh, Jefferson and Vail and we kind of did the same thing. So we kind of followed each other, I guess. Uh, and then um, Mel uh, decided to go to the University of Oregon, and he was also a track guy. Uh, he ran the hurdles in the, in the I, don't, I think it was the 200 or the 100, or relays or stuff. But uh, I got to play uh, on the same football team with Mel, and uh, I'll tell you what, that was something. He was an unbelievable athlete. And uh, real feel real lucky to be able to play with him. Yeah, he ends up uh, he ends up as a defensive back. You were uh, offensive guard and an end in college and outside linebacker in the NFL. Did did you miss being on offense, or did you did you always love playing defense more? Actually, when I went to from high school, I went to Boise, and uh, at at in high school we played everything. And then and junior college did the same thing. And when I went to Oregon, they said, oh, we're going to make you a guard. And I thought, oh, my God, what, what do guards do? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, I said, well, okay, but i got to play some kind of defense, too. And so it worked out. But, yeah, we had some great athletes and, you know, playing the, both ways. And actually, when I was in junior college and high school, uh, we've been down on kickoffs and punts, and we did everything, uh, mainly, I guess, because we didn't have a lot of guys or something. I don't know. But it was uh, a great experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything, and I'm glad uh, our, our two sons went to Junction City High School, which is a smaller high school. But, you know, it was just an opportunity to experience some things that you couldn't do in the rest of life. And, and the people you meet and the, the the opportunities you have. Justin Herbert now with the Chargers. You know, I, I have to think he was running around at family barbecues as a little kid. I've heard Justin and Josh talk about that. What do you remember of Herbert as a kid? <laughs> I remember when he was a little kid and he used to look down, and now you have to look up to see him, <laughs> look him in the eyes. Oh, he was a, a, a great young man, and well, he still is. And uh, I mean, it's really boy, we love watching him play. And the, I gave him some some advice once he started playing, and told him that you know I really liked the way he played and stuff. But if he ever got hurt, I was going to be mad at him. So don't get hurt. And, He's done a pretty good job of that, I guess. Yeah, don't you look? Think about the game today. It, it's violent. Those are big physical players. You look at the size oh, and the speed. What do you make of that? How do you keep this game sting football, but also protect players? Oh, it is. I mean, the size of the guys and the speed and the quickness and uh, and the way the game's played. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, I I don't know how you. You know, you'd probably have to go to some kind of touch or flag or something. I don't, I don't know, uh, but it is uh, the, the guys. You 
we go to a, a reunion or something once in a while and you look at the modern guys and say, oh, my God, how did we ever play? <laughs> yeah, and I think about sacks, too, because you now you're seeing you know the defensive lineman can barely – Grab the quarterback, but at the same time, you know the quarter. You, you get you see the Niners lose all their quarterbacks, and you go, okay, you understand why the league protects them. It was, you know, oh. did they let you back in your day? I mean, you could you could tackle still. Oh yeah, uh huh. Oh yeah, you could. I think once the quarterback got out of the pocket or something, you weren't supposed to hit him above the shoulders or something. And I think the first time we heard that, we were playing the Minnesota Vikings, and Joe Cap had ran some kind of a rollout or something. And one of our guys hit him on the side of the head and kind of put him out for a while. <laughs> and uh, I don't think they, that we were supposed to do that. Nineteen seventy, <laughs> yeah. You talk about you guys played the Vikings in. 1970 in the playoffs. I, you know, I was just looking at that game, and Bud oh, Grant yeah. was there. Very physical yeah. game. Oh yeah. Oh, they were great, great players. I mean, they had Carl Eller and Jim Marshall as defensive guys, and you know, on Tarkington, and oh, I can't think of all the guys. Uh, yeah, they they were a heck of a team, and a guy named Bob Barry. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, who was a quarterback at Oregon when we were. He played there, and then he went on and played in Atlanta. So, yeah, it was a, a great experience. And, you know, we see some old guys once in a while talk about things, and I'm not sure if the things are accurate as they were supposed to be. But <laughs> anyhow, it's fun. Yeah, well, those stories always grow. It's like a fish story, right? You know? <laughs> being a hard hitter that era you know you were a guy on defense but um you know is there a sack that you remember is there an interception that you remember that you know maybe uh, it just brings a smile to your face oh well i mean you know that's when butkus played <laughs> and, and uh <laughs> i can't think of his name right now the uh lawrence taylor played with the he was a little later yeah uh uh, but uh, Deacon Jones and uh, all, all of the defensive guys were, yeah, they always hung out. To, when you go to the Pro Bowl, uh, you'd hang out with the defensive guys because you didn't like the offensive guys because they tried to score points. <laughs> and, <laughs> we didn't want that to happen. So anyhow, uh, just, you know, the, the players and the type of guys they were, that that was the whole thing, and I remember we have uh, guys would be late for curfew and stuff, and they would get fine money. And uh, I remember uh, there there was a couple of guys that uh, that happened quite frequently with them, and we we got to, as a player of the team got to decide what to do with the money. And we always had pizza and beer in the locker room after the game. I love that. <laughs> so that was, we, we had to hurry up and win the game so we could get our pizza and, uh, <laughs> and beer or something, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure how accurate that was, but it was fun. And, uh, and the people, you know, everybody was there for the players especially. 
you know, everybody was doing their best, whatever that was. The University of Oregon has changed over the years. And, you know, this last cycle when Justin, who's doing a great job at Cal and has been successful there, had, had an opportunity to go to Oregon. Did you give him any advice there? Is it tougher to go home? Is it tougher to coach the team that, you know, you grew up watching so closely? Growing up, you know, I mean, they grew up close to the university. They were ball boys, him and Josh both, and uh, got to, you know, kind of grow up in the whole thing and then were very fortunate to get a scholarship to go on and be able to play. How much fun are you having now? You're 80 years old, get a chance to see your kid coaching at Cal, and, you know, you must be awfully proud. Oh, yeah. Like I said, you know, we – when uh, I have a lot of opinions, but I keep them to myself because he would tell me to do something with them, I'm sure. Because <laughs> it's always easier from the outside, you know, until you get you know, in right in the middle of the huddle. You're going, well, why don't they do this? Why didn't the guy run over there? Why didn't he tackle him? You know, I don't know. Anyhow, that's... Uh, uh, kind of the way it is. Who do you like in the Super Bowl? Oh gosh! <laughs> you have a pick that wins. Yeah, you got a pick. <laughs> Chiefs, Eagles. Who do you like? I actually, I kind of like the Eagles because my brother John played there for one year, and I gotta gotta kind of say, well, I I hope uh, hope they win so you can remember when you played. Of course, that's a lot of years ago, but. Worse. Anyhow, I, I don't know. Dave Wilcox, our guest. Go to gridirongreats.org if you would like to learn more about the Gridiron Greats Assistant Fund. Uh, Dave, I appreciate you. Congrats uh, on everything that you have accomplished, and uh, we will talk uh, to you down the road. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you soon. There he is. Former University of Oregon great, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Dave Wilcox. I want you to leave it here. Our big splash is coming up. It's the one thing that you need to know today. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Dave Wilcox as much as I did. Love catching up with him. Uh, we've had him on the show over the years. Uh, coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll play some Punch It Audio. Anna will pop by. We have the 5 at 5, obviously, in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll talk some Trailblazers and trade deadline with Sean Hyken uh, at 5.15. Want you here for that every day. Right here in this segment, though, we give you the big splash. This is the one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. The Big Splash! The LIV Golf League is preparing to start its second season. They'll start in Mexico later this month. Remember, it's financed by Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund. Uh, according to federal court documents, though, a story out today, LIV Golf generated virtually no revenue in 2022 the attorneys for liv golf are arguing that uh, they spent 784 million dollars in promoting and uh you know uh, associating themselves with golfers but uh really didn't make any money uh the ultimate aim i think of the liv golf tour really isn't to make money it's to 
connect itself, the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund, with professional sports. We call it the sportification of things. Well, LIV Golf is wrapped up with the PGA Tour in a lawsuit, but uh, on Monday, that's today, PGA Tour's attorneys uh, uh, were talking in court, and the LIV attorneys indicated that, hey, they spent $784 million in the first season. That includes salaries for employees, build-outs at golf courses, production costs for the event, social media, its website, all of that stuff, but they didn't make any money last year. Keep in mind, they're paying $200 million to Phil Mickelson, $150 million to Dustin Johnson, uh, $125 million to Bryson DeChambeau, and $100 million for Cameron Smith, the reigning U.S. Open championship winner. Uh, the LAV Golf has declined to provide details of the contracts, but it's more and more evident that their aim is not really to make money, at least initially. They're just trying to get market share. They're trying to normalize Saudi money being involved in sports. Uh, the second golf season will tee off February 24th in Mexico. 54-hole tournaments, 12-man teams, uh, or excuse me, 12 four-man teams, team competition, individual competition. They're going to have 14 tournaments this season. None of those tournaments will be held in the state of Oregon, Pumpkin Ridge, which uh, rankled members last year by shutting down the course and hosting that inaugural event on American soil. Not going to revisit uh, a second event with LIV Golf. Uh, they're moving on to another golf course uh, that is owned by the same company that owns Pumpkin Ridge, Escalante Golf. So uh, keep in mind that uh, this is not going away. It's just the PGA Tour continuing to be in a battle with LIV Golf over protecting its assets, protecting its sponsors, while the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund tries to normalize its involvement in sports. That's the one thing you need to know. Uh, coming up, top of the hour, we'll play some Punch It audio. we got great sound today. You already heard me play the wonky Aaron Rodgers cut uh, with Rodgers talking about going into uh, – you know, uh, going into a uh, darkness retreat. I don't know. Maybe some of you out there want a darkness retreat. Who else needs one? Uh, we'll talk about that. But Tom Brady uh, speaking out in his relationship with Bill Belichick. Uh, J.J. Redick talking about LeBron. Jim Beheim on the NIL world, because he's living in it. All of that coming up as part of Punch It Audio. Plus, I'm going to give you my thoughts and opinions on all those subjects. Uh, all of that still ahead as we uh, are here on a great Tuesday giving you the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. And, and, and if I haven't said it lately, I appreciate that you're out there, that you're listening. Saw a whole bunch of you on our remote broadcast at Spirit Mountain last week. And uh, I said, you know, it's nice to see people because sometimes you get a little uh, isolated in the studio. I love when you call in. I love when you fist bump me and say hello. So uh, keep doing that. All right, 4 o'clock hours ahead. we got so much to talk about, and I'm fired up for it. Leave it right here. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.